Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Al-Nasihul Amin اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد بإذن الله تعالى would like to go over this morning some of the things that it is a must and others that we are encouraged to do when making dua and this is actually a continuation from a previous class which was given with our brothers at basic islam and our brothers at Darul Fawaid in Toronto, Canada which dealt with the superiority and some recommended matters or practical advice and contemplation on the significance of supplication so in continuing from that and in continuing with the advice, we want to go over, inshallah ta'ala, some of the things that we must do when making dua, and some of the things that we are greatly encouraged to do when making dua. And inshallah ta'ala, uh, being that we are very close to Ramadan, and being that Ramadan allots for us many opportunities for good and for benefit and from them the fact that we will be fasting and this is from the excellent times to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these things will come in handy inshallah ta'ala that some of what we'll go over this morning will come in handy ta'ala for this coming Ramadan and in general for our lives for the rest of our lives inshallah ta'ala from the conditions of dua like all of the other righteous good deeds is that we have to have ikhlas if we want the dua to be accepted then it must be upon sincerity so at the head and the first of what we have to mention as relates to this affair then it will be ikhlas that we have to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without associating any partners with Allah azza wa jal as Allah azza wa jal he mentions inside of his noble book fad'uhu mukhlishina lahu din and call upon him alone sincerely making all of the religion for him and for him alone Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen All praise and thanks belong to Allah, the Lord of all that exists. 
And this ayah can be found in Surah Al uh, can be found in Surah Ghafir and it's verse fifty-six. And it's verse fifty-six. Naam. So we have to have ikhlas when we make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have to call upon Allah and call upon Allah alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says inside of his noble book, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أَسْتَجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعْن Allah Ta'ala, he says what translated means, And when my slaves ask you, O Muhammad, concerning me, then answer them, I am indeed near to them. Yani, by way of his knowledge, meaning by way of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala, He sees us, Allah Ta'ala, He hears us, so on and so forth. Allah Ta'ala, He goes on to say what translated means, I respond to the one who supplicates to me when they supplicate, or I respond to the supplication of the supplicant, of the one who supplicates to me, the one who calls upon me. Allah Ta'ala, He uh, uh, promises us that He will answer our dua if we call upon Him. Naam, that he will answer our dua if we were to call upon him. فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلِيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ Allah Ta'ala, he goes on to say, So let them obey me and let them believe in me. Let them respond to this call by submitting themselves to Tawheed. Let them obey me, meaning obey Allah Azza wa Jal. And let them believe in me, meaning believe in Allah Azza wa Jal. So that they may be led to what is correct. So that they may be guided. So that they may be guided. So that they may be led to that which is right. Naam. So it is a must and it is a comment that we call upon Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Naam. Also, Allah ta'ala, he says in his noble book, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاءَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاءَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ Allah Ta'ala, he says, what translated means, and they were not commanded, but that they should worship Allah alone without associating any partners with Him. And they should abstain from ascribing partners unto Allah as relates to His worship making all of their religion sincerely for Allah and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Hunafa, those who implement the tawheed and those who run away from shirk, those who implement tawheed and they avoid all forms, all types of polytheism. وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And they establish the prayer and they pay the charity. That is the right religion. That is the upright way. That is the correct religion. Naam. So it is a must that we call upon Allah and Allah alone. إِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ If you ask, ask Allah. And if you seek help, then seek the help of Allah. Naam. So we have to implement the Tawheed. Also, what we should be doing when we make the Dua, uh, or we should say, because the, the Tawheed, then this is a must. Naam, this is a must. We must do this. But let us mention from the things that we should be doing when we make the dua 
is that we should call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by His names. We should call upon Allah by His names. Now this will necessitate from us that we learn about the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that we call upon or we utilize the name that is appropriate for what we are asking for. Naam. So if we're asking for salama, for example, then we should call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by His name, as-salam. Naam, so on and so forth. Naam, as an example. So we should learn about the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should learn the meanings of the names, the beautiful names of Allah azza wa jal. As Allah azza wa jal, He commands us inside of His noble book to call upon Him by His beautiful names. Allah azza wa jal, He says as it can be found in Surah Al-A'raf in His verse 180, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ husna," And there belong to Allah the most beautiful of names. There belong to Allah the most beautiful of names. فَدِعُوهُ biha." So call upon Him by way of them. So call upon Him by way of them. Naam. And this is from that which uh, we should be and we must be doing when we call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember, Remember, Ya Ibadullah, to call upon Allah, to make dhikr of Allah by way of His names and by way of His attributes. And when we call upon Allah and we make dua unto Allah, that we utilize the name that is appropriate for the dua that we are making. Naam, that we use the name that is appropriate for the dua that we are making. Likewise, it is from the mannerisms and the proper way of making dua that when we make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that before we ask for what we are asking for that we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should also send the salah wa salam upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. So in other words, if we're asking Allah for something, if there is a pressing matter upon us, or a matter which is not even pressing upon us, but we're beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something, then we should begin that dua by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salat wa salam upon his prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we ask Allah azza wa jal what we are asking for and this comes in a hadith this comes inside a hadith that has been collected by Imam al-Turmadi and it has been graded as authentic by Imam al-Albani rahimahumullahu ta'ala and it's from the hadith and Fadala bin Ubaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu on the authority of Fadala bin Ubaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu may Allah be pleased with him he said إِذَا صَلَّ أَحَدُكُمْ he narrates the hadith نعم, upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that if one of you were to make 
dua if one of you were to make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falyabda bitahmidillah so begin by praising Allah wa thana and by glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thumma yusalli ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then and then um sinna salat and salam upon the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam na'am thumma thumma yad'u ba'da ma and then after that ask whatever it is you want to ask for and then after that you ask whatever it is you want to ask for na'am thumma salla rajulun akhar ba'da dhalika fahamid allah وَصَلَّ عَلَى نَبِيِّ وَصَلَّ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَيُّهَا الْمُصَلِّي عُدُؤُ تُجَبْ Then after hearing this, نعم, a man, he made, the, he made dua. After hearing this, a man, he made dua and he implemented what he had heard. So, he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he sent the salah upon the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said ayyuhal musalli o you who is making this invocation ask what you want to ask and you will be answered ask what you want to ask and you will be answered na'am so it is a must that we begin our supplication when we're asking for something by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then by sending the salat with salams upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we ask for whatever it is we're asking for because this is from the ways and the means that the dua will be accepted. Naam, this is from the ways and the means that the dua it will be accepted ta'ala. There comes another narration which points out this meaning uh, that we have to send the salah upon the Prophet وسلم, at the head of making a dua na'am, that we praise Allah and then we send the salah salam upon the Prophet وسلم, and then we ask uh, as it comes in the hadith rawahu al-tabarani fil it has been collected by Imam Al-Tabarani inside of Al-Awsaq and Wasahahu Imam Al-Albani Sahih Al-Jami' and Imam Al-Albani he graded it as authentic in Sahih Al-Jami' where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said كان الدعاء محجوب حتى تصلي على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that the dua is held back Naam, the dua it is held back until there until the salah is upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so the dua is held back until we send the salah upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so from the ways and from the mannerisms and the proper way of making dua is that we should begin the dua by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and then sending the salah and the salams upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then we can say what we want to say. So, for example, and this is yani, a very crude and rudimentary example, that a person, if he were to say alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah, and then he can ask for whatever it is he's asking for. Naam. Then he can ask for whatever it is he's asking for. Right? Or she can ask at that point for whatever it is she is asking for. Also, from those things that we should be doing in the proper mannerisms when making the dua, is that we should face the qibla. Um, we should face the qibla. If possible, of course. We should face the qibla. And we see this from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam we see this from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as it comes in a hadith that has been collected by Muslim and is narrated on the authority of Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu قال, he said لَمَّا كَانَ يَوْمُ الْبَدْرِ that when it was the day of Badr on the day of Badr نَظَرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wasallam إِلَى الْمُشْرِكِينَ the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he looked at the polytheists, he looked at the opposing force. Naam. Wahum alfun and they were a thousand. They were a thousand. Naam. Wa ashabuhu thalathumia watisa thalathumia watisa ashar rajula. And the companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they were three hundred there were 319 men. There were 319 men. So you have 319 to face off against a thousand. Naam, this is a situation that is dire. This is a situation that is dire. And we learn from this example, we learn from this incident, and we take from it an example of the Prophet wasallam that we should utilize in our lives. So if we find ourselves in situations that are dire, we find ourselves in situations that are uh, strenuous and that are very stressful situations. Naam. Then we should implement this bithnilahi ta'ala. Uh, what was aforementioned, bila shak wa bila right? And we should face the qibla if we have the ability to do so. We should strive to face the qibla, naam, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he did in this incident. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he looked at the force of the polytheists and that they were a thousand and that his force that those companions that were with him were 300 and some odd men yani umar he mentioned he says fastaqbala nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wasallam alqibla that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he faced the qibla wa mada yadayhi and he extended his hands and we also learn from this and we benefit from this portion of the hadith Naam, to face the qibla, it is recommended to face the qibla and also to what? To raise the hands. To raise the hands in making dua. And this is something that unfortunately many of the people they neglect doing, right? Um, and are not, yani, for lack of a better term, in the habit of doing, but they should be. And that is raising the hands when making dua. Now, I want to make a, a very short, slight note here. This does not include the dhikr that is performed after the salat. Naam. Why? Because we do not have an example from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
that he raised his hands when he made dhikr after salah. Okay? He yeah, it is not reported on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he raised his hands when he made the dhikr after the salah. However, in general, in general, when one makes dua, they should raise their hands. When one makes dua, they should raise their hands. Naam. So we, so we benefit that as well from this particular narration. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he raised, he faced the qibla, and then he raised his hands. Naam. And then he raised his hands. فَجَعَلَ يَحْتِفُ بِرَبِّهِ And he started to call upon his Lord. He started to call upon his Lord. Jalla wa'ala. Naam. Um, Naam. He called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma anjis li ma wa'adtani. Allahumma ati ma wa'adtani. He said, Oh Allah, grant me, give me, provide me that which you have promised me. Oh Allah, fulfill the promise, your promise unto me and give me that in which you have promised me. Allahumma intuhlik hadihi al-isaba. Oh Allah, if this, if this small group, meaning the Muslims, if this group of the Muslims is destroyed, min ahli islam if this group from the people of the Muslims, the people of Islam are destroyed, if they are annihilated, if, if they are wiped out, la tu'bad fil arda. You will not be worshipped inside of the land. You will not be worshipped inside of the earth. Now, there are some benefits that we benefit from this hadith. From those benefits is that the concern you see here from the, from the dua, the concern of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it was not for his welfare, it was not, um, yani out of fear of being defeated, it was not out of fear of being annihilated, uh, just for yani annihilation or just yani and 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 being defeated, but it was out of concern of the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa taala that if they were defeated, if they were annihilated, then there will be none to worship Allah upon the earth. So the the origin of his of 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 his concern it was for the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and that was his that was his real fear was that Allah will not be worshipped in the earth. That was his real concern that Allah will not be worshipped inside of the earth. Now I just want you to just contemplate on this reality uh, and understand the importance of ibadah and understand the importance of the call to a tawheed is that we should all be concerned about this reality now we should be concerned it should trouble us if we arrive in a place and there are very few individuals who worship Allah Ta'ala there or there are no one there who worships Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala this should be the motivating factor to call the people to it to hate to call the people to worship Allah and Allah alone to call the people away from the superstitions the away from the shirk away from the polytheism away from worshiping others uh, along with or instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to call them to worship Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone this should be a concern for ours as it was a concern for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
he faced the qibla. He called upon Allah, he beseeched Allah, he begged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he goes on, he continues and he says, uh, فَمَا زَالَ يَهْتِفُوا بِالرَّبِّهِ And he continued to call upon his Lord. مَا دَنْ With his hands extended, مُسْتَقْبِلَ الْقِبْلَ Facing the qibla, حَتَّى سَقَطَ رِدَاؤُهُ عَنْ مَنْ and he, he, he continued to call upon Allah, facing the qibla, extending his hands, until his shirt, na'am, until his shirt fell off of his shoulders. Now, I'm using shirt for lack of a better term. It's rida, yani, but until his, his the, yani, the, the clothes that he had on the top portion of his body, it fell off of his shoulders. Na'am, until it fell off of his shoulders. So we learned from this that what? That it is recommended to face the qibla when we make dua. It's recommended to face the qibla when we make dua and to extend our hands uh, uh, when we make the dua. And this is one of the benefits that the ulama they have taken and extracted from this hadith. So let us go back a little bit, right? Because we mentioned at the head that from the condition of the action or deed to be accepted is that it has to be upon Tawheed. Naam, this is one condition. This, there's another condition that is needed as well. And that is that what? It has to comply and conform with the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If it's not upon the Sunnah, it will not be accepted. As it comes in the hadith of our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha where she said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمِلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدٌ That whoever does an action that does not have on it our command, then it is rejected. Naam. So any action that comes and it, is, and it does not comply with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, it is not in agreement with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, it is not upon the way of the Prophet ﷺ, then that action is null and void. It does not count. It does not count. Naam. So, I'm saying that so that bihnilahi ta'ala, we will see or we would appreciate the importance of imitating the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because if we imitate the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then what? Then we know exactly that we are up upon the sunnah. We know exactly that we're doing what is correct. Naam. So we. So we should imitate the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, we are recommended in doing that to face the qibla and to raise our hands when we make the dua. When we make dua, naam. Also, what is a must when we make dua is that we have to have yaqeen. We have to call upon Allah with certainty. And in a decisive manner. Naam. We have to call upon Allah with certainty and in a decisive manner, knowing that La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Naam. Having yaqeen that there is no power and no might except with Allah. There is no change from situation to situation except by the permission of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also understanding, Masha'Allah can 
That whatever Allah wills is and whatever He does not will is not. Naam. So when we understand that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the all-powerful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. He is over all things most capable. That there is no change in situation except, uh, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whatever Allah wills is, and whatever He does not will is not. When we know that, we should know with yaqeen, then when we asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the, yani, to, 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 to have certainty, to have certainty, huh, in what we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to have certainty in our request. Not that, yani, uh, having any doubt or any apprehension, uh, with, with regard to what we are asking, but we're certain. Why? Because we're asking the one who was over all things capable. You understand? The, and we learn this. And we benefit from this from a hadith that has been collected by a Turmadi. Or his name could be pronounced a Turmadi. Uh, and it's a hadith that has been graded as being good by Imam Al-Albani. So it's collected by Imam Al-Turmadi and it's been graded as good by Imam Al-Albani in his Sahih of Al-Turmadi. Where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, ادعوا الله وأنتم موقنون بالإجابة He said call upon Allah supplicate to Allah make dua unto Allah while you are certain of the answer نعم make dua to Allah while you are certain of the answer you understand then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said وَعَلَمُ and know أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَجِيبُ الدُّعَاءِ مِنْ قَلْبٍ غَافِلٍ لَاهٍ That Allah does not accept the supplication from, from a heart that is unmindful and unattentive. Allah Ta'ala, He does not accept the supplications from a heart that's unmindful and unattentive. So when we make dua, then we should have certainty in what we're asking. We should be decisive in the dua that we are making. Naam. We should have certainty and be decisive in the dua that we are making. We should be concentrating and paying attention to what we are saying and what we are beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Because as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لا يستجيب إن الله لا يستجيب من قلب غافل that Allah does not accept the invocation, does not accept the supplication from a heart that is inattentive. That a heart that from a heart that is inattentive. Naam. So if we want the dua to be accepted, then we have to make dua decisively and a certainty with confidence. Naam, with confidence. As the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Udullah wa antumuqinuna bil ijaba. Supplicate to Allah and you confident about the answer. You confident about the answer. Huh? You have certainty and confidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will answer you. Right? So we have to have this confidence when we worship, when we worship Naam and we make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you make dua, don't say, Oh Allah, give me in shit. 
Yani, don't say, oh Allah, give me such and such if you want. No, never say this. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not compelled to do anything. Allah azza wa jal is not forced to do anything. Naam, ma sha Allah can, wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills is, whatever he does not will is not. Naam, so don't say, yani, if you want to, don't, yani, when you make dua, no. But be certain and decisive in the dua that you make. Naam, be certain and decisive in the dua that you make. And this is, yani, from those things that it is a must that we have to do when we make the, the, uh, uh, when we make dua. Also, from the mannerisms and the proper way of making dua is that we are not hasty. We are not hasty when we make the dua. Because being hasty when we make the dua is from the ways that the dua won't be accepted. Naam. That if a person is hasty when he make the dua, and what I mean by hasty, I mean that they're hasty as relates to seeing the results of the dua. Okay? That they're in a rush. They make dua and they want to see it answered immediately. Sometimes it's like that and sometimes it's not like that. Naam. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's not like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will give you what is written for you when it is decreed to come to you. Huh? He'll give you what is written for you when it's decreed to come to you and not before. You understand? So when we make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can't be in a rush. We can't be in a rush. The dua, it will be answered when it will be answered. You understand? And we can't be hasty. And if we are hasty, then this is from the ways that the dua will not be accepted. It will not be accepted. We benefit from this, from a hadith that is collected by Al-Bukhari Muslim. Hadith Al-Mutafiqun Alayh. Where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, يُسْتَجَابُ لِلْعَبْدِ مَا لَمْ يَدْعُ بِالْإِثِمِ أَوْ قَطِيعَةِ الرَّحِمِ Two additional benefits we, we, we get from this hadith. And that is, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that the slave, his dua will be answered. That the supplication of the slave, it will be answered. As long as he does not supplicate for something that is haram. Naam. As long he does not supplicate for something haram or for a cutting of the family ties. Naam. As long as a person doesn't supplicate for something haram or he supplicates for the supplication that entails the cutting of family ties, the cutting of relationships of the family. You understand? Because if a person does either of these two things, then this is from the reasons that the dua will not be accepted. Naam. This is from the reasons that the dua, it will not be accepted. Naam. So, for those who are taking notes, in addition to taking notes on what we should be doing and what is a must for us to be doing when we make the dua, also make another list. Make another list. And that list will contain those things that are reasons for your dua not to be accepted. Those things that are reasons for your dua not to be accepted. And the first on the list, it will be what? It will be shirk. Shirk. 
that if a person he makes shirk, then his dua is not going to be accepted. If he's if he's calling upon Allah and others, then his dua is, is not accepted. Naam. So shirk. Second on that list, it will be uh, bid'ah, innovation. That a person, they, they, the the mannerisms that they're doing it is contrary to the the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then this type yani, won't be accepted. Right? Also, third, um, that they're inattentive when they're making their supplication. That the heart is inattentive when they're making supplication. Right? And, and, and we're stressing here supplication. That the heart is inattentive when a person is asking. They're asking and, 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 and their heart is not yani, fully there. Next, fourth, will be that they make dua for something that is haram. They make dua for something that is haram or something where the haram is entailed therein. Then the dua will not be accepted. Next, fifth, that they make dua, a dua that entails the cutting off of family ties. They make a dua with a dua that entails the cutting off of family ties. This dua will not be accepted. Naam. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, ma lam yasta'jil. He said, as long as, and, and also, as long as they are not in a rush. As long as they're not in a rush. So, so put that as six. The next one, that, that your da'a will be uh, 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 prevented, is that if you're in a rush, if you're in a rush to see the answer, right, then is it won't be accepted. Waqila, because a question may have come to your mind, and, and, and rightfully so. Because a question came to the mind of one of the Sahaba, naam, as relates to the meaning of as long as you're not hasty. Naam. Qila. So it was said, Ya Rasulullah, Masti'jal. They said, O Messenger of Allah, what is haste? Meaning, what is intended by haste in this context? Qala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, and he gave an example. Right? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Yaqul, he said, Meaning, yani, given an example, yani, uh, like one who will say, out. He said, for example, an individual, he will say, I made dua. Out. I made dua. يَسْتَجِيبُ And I did not see me being answered. Naam. A person is saying, I made dua, I made dua, and I didn't see an answer. You see? And the shaitan, you know, people, um, he plays people and he uh, fools them and he cheats them. Um, as you will find people sometime in their frustration, they'll say the like of this statement. When you remind them, subhanAllah, take it to Allah, ya akhi, ya ukhti, call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes in their frustration and ignorance and, you know, uh, ghafla, they say the likes of these statements. I made dua, I made dua. And, and I, I didn't see, I didn't see any answer. Huh? I asked, I asked, I asked, I didn't see no answer. I didn't see no change in my situation, so on and so forth. 
this will be from the this will be from the ways of making your dua not accepted right this will be from the ways of getting your dua to be rejected in, in, in other words okay so the prophet sallam he went on and he says uh because a person when he reaches this point what happens is that they they um they they give up and they stop making dua they give up and they stop making dua because in their mind the shaitan has tricked them into into believing that the dua that benefits is only the dua you make and then you see an immediate uh you see an immediate answer for it huh the shaitan he tricks the people into believing that the that the dua that is accepted is the dua that you make and then and then what and then you see the immediate answer and this is this is uh this is not the case this is not the case naam and this is because the the the, the manner in which the dua will be answered it may not always be the manner that you anticipated. Okay? And it's important to understand. Is that the manner in which the dua is actually answered. It may not be the manner that you expected it to be answered. So it may not uh, come to fruition the way that you envisioned. You know? Or what happens is that because see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is merciful to us. Allah Azza wa Jal, He is merciful to us. And at, and sometimes we may ask for something that it doesn't entail sin, right? But we ask for something that is not actually good for us. You see? We ask for something that is not actually good for us. But Allah knows what is good for us and we don't know. Sometimes we like things that is bad for us. And sometimes we don't like things that's good for us. But Allah knows what's best for us and we don't know. So there comes another hadith. Where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Ma al-arud." They gave us some understanding as it relates to what we just was mentioning, what we just was talking about. Naam, that is not upon the earth Muslimun, a single Muslim yad'u Allah bid'awa that they ask Allah with a da'wa. Yani illa atahu Allah iya. That is not upon the earth a single Muslim that calls upon Allah except that Allah gives him, He answers him, right? That Allah will either answer him or or, or, you see the or, or he will repel from that individual an evil proportionate to what he, to what he asked for, for lack of a better term, right? So if a person calls upon Allah, right, then Allah Ta'ala, he will either answer that request or he will repel an evil in equal measure because sometimes we ask for things that's really not good for us that will end up bad for us right so allah ta'ala in his um in his mercy upon us he doesn't give us what we ask for knowing that that thing will destroy us so he repels from us the evil in equal measure to what we ask for all right inshallah i hope that makes sense the Prophet Sallallahu he also he mentioned here, which is a reiteration of what comes inside the other hadith, right? Or, uh, he just explain it, reiteration for, for us and what we're going to on this day. Uh, but just explaining, uh, the manner in which things work. 
the Prophet said, as long as they do not ask for sin, or they ask for uh, a severing of the family ties. And they do not ask for a severing of what? Of the family ties. Naam. So again, when we make dua, don't be hasty. Don't be hasty. Don't say, I made dua, I made dua, I didn't see uh, my dua being answered. Because remember, the answer of that dua, it may not come in a way in which you had envisioned. It may not play out the way you thought. Also, also, what? Allah Ta'ala, He may remove an evil of like measure away from you instead of giving you exactly what you asked for because what you asked for in reality was not good for you because what you asked for in reality uh, is not uh, good for you. Does that make sense? Now. Like, pardon me, pardon me. I looked at the, uh, I got distracted by the comment section. The question I asked is he Salafi? I guess referring to myself. Naam, walillah alhamd, alhamdulillah. Naam, I am Salafi. Uh, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> also, also, when we make dua, when we make dua, and this is uh, reiterating what was aforementioned, but giving you the delil for that particular thing, and that is that we do not say in shit if you wish. Naam, we do not say this. As it comes in a hadith that is mutafiqun alay. Hadith collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, La yaqulanna ahadukum that let not any of you say, Allahumma gfirli in shit. Do not say, Oh Allah, forgive me if you want. Allahumma rhamani in shit. Allahumma rhamni in shit. Oh Allah, have mercy upon me if you want. Naam. Liya'azim mas'ala. Fa'inna Allah la mukriha la. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, be decisive in what you ask. Why? He said, because Allah is not forced, that no one can compel Allah, no one can force Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So that goes back to the previous point, Dalil, for that particular part. Of when you make dua, don't say in shit. Don't say if you wish. But make dua decisively. Ask upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also what is needed when we make dua, and it is a must, right? Is to remember who you are addressing. Remember who you are addressing. You are, you are, you are speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are asking Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there has to be tadarru' wal khushu' wal raghba wal rahba. So that has, there has to be 
humbleness, right? It has to be humility. There has to be fear. You understand? You have to yani, be scared. You're, you're talking to Allah. And you have to have hope. And you have to have fear. You have to have hope and fear. Naam, this is this these are these are attributes that are necessary when you make dua when you speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're humble that you're humble that you are scared naam that you are scared that you have hope and that you uh ha- also uh, have fear yani you 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 hope the dua will be answered you fear that it won't because of something that comes from you that that blocked it that uh prevents it Right? That makes sense? Um, Naam. But Dalil and the proof and the proof uh, for this is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is a must, yani, that when we make, uh, you know, any, any, any statement, you have to have proof and evidence. You have to have a proof and evidence. So a person, you say, what's the proof and evidence that we have to, have to, yani, uh, call upon Allah, yani, and, and we are humble, and we, and we have fear, ma'am. Allah Ta'ala statement, nafsik, and remember your Lord in yourself. Remember your Lord, in yourself, naam. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Tadarru'an wa khifatan wa duna jahr min al-qawl. He says, with humility, humbly, remember Allah, yani, by way of your tongue, within yourself, humbly, and out of fear, Without loudness in words. Without loudness in words. Naam. Because naam, there are times, there are times, um, where a person will make dua silently, meaning in a voice that's audible only to themselves, right? And then there may be some situations where a person makes dua in a loud voice. As we're, as we're gonna come to see from the Sunnah of the Prophet, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I'm only mentioning this because I don't want anyone to understand That you only make dua in a voice that is only audible to yourself No, there are other times There's some times where you make dua in a voice that is loud Yeah, yeah And, and, uh, and, the, and the like Right So we learn here from this ayah To call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala humbly and fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without a voice that is loud meaning a voice that an individual that you hear yourself huh? that you hear yourself they own, yeah, you can hear it but it's not that loud that someone away from you can hear it in the morning 
and in the afternoon in the morning and in the afternoon wala takun min alghafilin and do not be from those who are neglectful do not be from those who are neglectful who are those who are neglectful those who do not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ulama as we mentioned before in the other class they extract from this that remembering Allah in the full morning or remember Allah in the morning and in the afternoon then what's understood is remember Allah all the time remember Allah all the time we also benefit in this ayah it was in surah araf 205 we also benefit from an ayah that comes in surah al-anbiya in its verse 89 in surah anbiya verse 89 where allah ta'ala he says wa zakariya itnada rabbahu rabbi la tadharni fardan wa anta khayrul warithin And when Zachariah called out to his Lord, he cried out to his Lord, O oh my Lord, leave me not single, meaning leave me not without children, leave me not childless, childless. Huh? You are the best, you are the best of the inheritors. You are the best of the inheritors. Now, as the ulama they, they mention Zakariyah alayhi salatu wassalam he made this dua not just from the standpoint that he wanted children that wasn't yani, the main motivating factor but the main motivating factor is that he wanted someone to inherit the prophethood from him he wanted someone to inherit the prophethood from him so that the revelation can continue amongst the people and the divine guidance could continue amongst the people and the people could continue have um, amongst them uh, a prophet now this was his main concern this was his main concern but i just want you to yani focus in and and to contemplate and ponder over this reality and also yani think back to the dua that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he made on the day of badr because these are examples of yani what what they call in english selflessness these are examples of selflessness naam and and these are yani great great examples that uh, that that we should be uh, striving to imitate inshallah ta'ala naam that makes sense but Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions inside of the next ayah, فَاسْتَجَبَنَا لَهُ So we answered him. We answered him. نعم. وَوَهَبَنَا لَهُ يَحْيَى So we answered him and we blessed him with Yahya. We answered him and we blessed him with Yahya Nam. 
طيب الله عز وجل he goes on to say وأصلحنا له زوجه إنهم كانوا يسارعون في الخيرات and we cured his wife to bear a child for him we cured his wife to bear a child for him نعم and this is because يعني, they were they were very old they were very old as the ulama of tafsir they mentioned because they were very old نعم so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he cured her so that she will be able to have a child نعم so she will be able to have a child نعم that makes sense now here's the shahid here's the shahid is that remember we mentioned that you have to have hope when we make dua gotta have hope right and also you gotta have yeah, uh, 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 you gotta be humble. You gotta have hope. You gotta have humbleness. You gotta, yeah, uh, fear. Yeah, hope, fear, humbleness, and the like. Remember? Like. Because so far we went over and we saw from the area from Surah Al A'raf the humbleness and the fear. Right? We saw that. So now, question that may say, well, well, well where's the, uh, Where's the hope and and uh, you know where's the hope and 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 fear meaning the hope that it will be answered and fear won't be answered where, where, where's that at we didn't see that we didn't see the the rohba and we didn't see the rahba where, where, where's the dalil that mentioned that ha ah, right here the Allah Azza wa Jalla says kanu meaning that Zakaria and his wife huh kanu yusari'una fil khayrat that they used to hasten to do good deeds. They used to hasten to do good deeds. Naam. And I want you to point this out here. That from those things that help and that aid and assist and our reasons for the dua being answered is what? Is to hasten and doing good deeds. Is to hasten and doing good deeds. Doing good deeds. Naam. Inshallah Ta'ala will come to see the opposite. So, yani, inshallah. Right? Uh, and they used to call upon us. Raghaban. Warahaban. And they will call upon us out of hope. Raghba. That's a dalil for that part. Warahaba. And out of fear. And out of fear that the dua, it won't be answered. Naam. And... There we have the Rahba, the Dalil for Rahba. وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ And they used to humble themselves unto us. Meaning that they were humble to Allah Jalla Wa'ala. Naam. Right. That makes sense? Also, from that which we should stay away from and which will be a preventative factor from our dua 
being answered is that we have to stay away from sins in general but from those things that will prevent the dua from being answered then this is eating haram drinking haram nourishing ourselves with haram and wearing things that are haram these are all things that are preventative factors uh, for the dua being answered so in general what sins naam sins are preventative factors from the dua being answered so we need to remember that sins are a preventative factor from the dua being answered naam a poet he mentioned a line two lines of poetry speaking about this in a very eloquent manner he said nahnu nad'u ila fi kulli karbin thumma nansahu inda kashf al-qurub kayfa narju ijabatan lid-du'a'in qad saddadna tariqaha bid-dhunub he said we all call upon allah whenever a calamity it strike and then when the calamity is removed we forget about him subhanallah subhanallah again he said we all of us we call upon allah when every calamity it strike and then when the calamity is removed we forget about him how do we really anticipate an answer for our supplication when we have blocked its path with our sins he said how do we really anticipate an answer for our supplication when we have blocked its path with our sins naam so from put on a list from those things which are hindrances and preventative factors from the dua being answered then it is what sins sins and from that eating haram drinking haram being nourished by haram and <clears throat> excuse me wearing haram and wearing haram and we get this from a hadith that has been collected by muslim from the hadith of abu huraira naam at the end of the hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam He mentioned a man. He gave an example, and I want you to contemplate this example because, yani, as we know, uh, when we're traveling, this is one of the times that du'a is is answered. Now, when a person is traveling, this is one of the, of the times that the du'a is answered. So, I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to keep that in mind to show you how severe of a hindrance the sins are. how severe of a hindrance is eating haram drinking haram um being nourished by haram and wearing haram how severe they are of hindrances i mean how 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 big of uh preventative factors they are the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned dhakara rajula he mentioned a man yutilu safar ash'atha aghbar he he a man who was on a long journey The journey became long. 
he became disheveled and covered with dust. Huh? He, he became disheveled and covered with dust. He was in a rough situation. He raised his hands to the sama. He raised his hands to this to, to the heavens. Ya Rab, Ya Rab, O my Lord, O my Lord. Huh? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, وَمَطْعَمُهُ حَرَامٌ وَمَشْرَبُهُ حَرَامٌ وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامٌ وَغُضِيَ بِالْحَرَامِ فَأَنَّ يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ أَوْ لِذَلِكَ The Prophet ﷺ, he said, he raises his hand, the man, yani, who's, his journey becomes long, he becomes disheveled, he becomes covered with dust, he raises his hands to the sky, he says, Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, he said, however, his food is haram, his drink is haram, his clothes are haram, he is nourished with the haram. How can he be answered? How can he be answered? Naam. So this is an indication that what that sins are preventative factors from the dua being answered. Sins, they are preventative factors from the dua being answered. So we have to stay away from what? Have to stay away from the sins. Have to stay away from sins. Ma'am. And then lastly, for this particular sitting, and I, I want to stress these are from, from the mannerisms and things that we should be doing when we make dua. So I can, so I, I encourage all those whom my voice it falls upon their ears to continue to, to read up and to follow up on and not just suffice yourself with my feeble attempt here today to remind you of these things but to follow it up inshallah ta'ala looking in the books of the ulama of ahlul sunnah when they explain the likes of these affairs but the last thing i want to mention is that when we make the dua we should make dua thrice in threes Naam. when we ask allah then it is it is from the sunnah that we ask Yani, three times, right? And especially when we are in situations that are dire or serious situations, um, when we make a dua, like we asking for something, you know, and be serious about it, then we ask three times. We ask three times. There was an incident that had taken place during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam during his lifetime. Where the Prophet ﷺ, he was praying. He was making salat. And the kuffar, they was plotting. They plotted on the Prophet ﷺ. They plotted on him. And they said amongst themselves, they came up with agreement that when he goes down to sajda, when he goes down to sajda, then, then one of them was going to get the entrails or the uh, what do you say? Uh, they were going to get like the yeah, the entrails or the or the or the uh, a filthy thing from the inside of the camel, right? That had been slaughtered the previous day. There was a she camel that was slaughtered the day before, 
So now just imagine that. It's not even a fresh slaughter. It's a she-camel slaughtered the day before. Right? So they said that they plotted that when the Prophet ﷺ, when he went down into Sajda, they were going to get the entrails or something filthy from the inside of the camel and he was going to place it on the back of the Prophet ﷺ, place it between his shoulders when he went down to sujood. A'udhu Billah. What evil these people they were. Naam. And the Prophet Sallallahu he was praying at this time in the Kaaba. He was in the Haram. He was praying in the Kaaba. Naam. And they plotted on him. In any event, when the Prophet Sallallahu when he went down into Sajda, they did what they, they did their plan. They plotted and they did what they said that they were going to do. And they uh, put these nasty things upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha Fatima and Fatima oh my brothers and sisters but particularly my sisters and my younger sisters she is an example she is a role model Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha she is a role model right and I, and, 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 and I want you young girls to be inspired by her radiyallahu ta'ala anha Fatima at the time she was a young girl she was a little girl at the time huh? she's her father is praying she sees kufar they come and they put this nasty stuff on the back of the prophet sallallahu when he go down into sajda it's a vulnerable right they, they took advantage they're cowards you know that's the kufar they are but in any event they Put this nasty thing on the back of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he was praying. Fatima, radiallahu ta'ala anha. As a young girl, she came and she took it off. She took it off, yani, of the back of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Mind you now, and I, and I keep saying this, I keep stressing this. She was a young girl. Naam. She was a young girl. She took it off of the back of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then she turned to these grown people. She turned to these grown people. She turned to these grown people. And she rebuked them. She rebuked them for what they had done to her father. For what they had done to the Prophet She was a young girl. She removed the stuff off of the back of the Prophet And she turned to them. And she rebuked them. For what they have done. She scolded them. For what they have done. These, these mischief makers. Naam. فَلَمَّا قَضَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ صَلَاتًا And when the Prophet ﷺ immediately after he finished his prayer. And let us take an example from this as well. Right? Because things happen to us. Unfortunate situation happened to us. This unfortunate situation that happened to the Prophet ﷺ in front of his family, in front of his young daughter. What was the first thing the Prophet ﷺ he did? The first thing he did was he took it to Allah. He took it to Allah first. Subhanallah. 
when he finished his salah, he turned. Oh, and let me mention first that when they did this, when they put on his back, these kufar, they start laughing. They start laughing. They thought it was funny. They start laughing. Huh? Fatima, radiallahu ta'ala anha, she took it off of the back of the Prophet and she turned around and she scolded them. Right? But these people, they were still laughing. They still chuckling and laughing. They think it's funny. The Prophet ﷺ, when he finished his salah, he raised his voice. Remember we mentioned that there are certain situations where you raise your voice when you make dua. He raised his voice, and then he made dua against them. وَكَانَ إِذَا دَعَى دَعَى ثَلَاثًا And when he made dua, he said it three times. وَإِذَا سَأَلَ سَأَلَ ثَلَاثًا And when he asked, he asked three times. So when he made dua against them, when يعني, the dua he made against them, he said it three times. When he asked Allah for something, he said it three times. نعم? So this is where we, we benefit that when we make dua, then we say it in threes. You know, like this, as an example. So he made dua against them. And he said, He said it three times. He said it three times. Oh Allah, I leave it to you to deal with the Quraysh. Oh Allah, I leave it to you to deal with the Quraysh. Said it three times. Allahumma alayka bi Quraysh. Allahumma alayka bi Quraysh. Allahumma alayka bi Quraysh. Oh Allah, I leave it to you to deal with the Quraysh. Oh Allah, I leave it to you to deal with the Quraysh. Oh Allah, I leave it to you to deal with the Quraysh. Naam. Said it three times. And then, when the Prophet ﷺ, he did this, وَلَمَّا سَمِعُوا when they heard the voice of the Prophet Sallallahu they heard they heard what he was saying. Then they stopped laughing. Then they stopped laughing. And they were scared because of the, of the dua he was making. They were scared because of the dua that the Prophet Sallallahu he was making. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he start making dua on them as individuals, calling them by name. <laughs> Naam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he start making dua against them as individuals, calling them by name. Naam. To the end of the hadith. The point here, many points of beautiful points of benefit that we take from this hadith, but the point here that we wanted to highlight is that what when we make dua, then to make it in threes. To ask three times when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and to repeat uh, thrice, three times when making the dua. Inshallah ta'ala, this is just from the mannerisms and uh, the things that we should be doing and, uh, and, and or must be doing when we make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope this was a benefit to those who have listened. Whatever is a benefit and whatever is correct, then verily 
it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whatever occurred inside of this talk of mine from deficiencies and from mistakes and from shortcomings then verily this was from myself or the shaytan and I ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he forgive me I ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yaj'alna من الذين يستمعون قولا فيتبعون أحسنا Then he makes us of those who hear statement Then he follow the best of it وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا Then he makes us blessed wherever we may be وأن يجعلنا من من إذا أعطي شكر وضبطلي صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاث عنوان السعادة Then he makes us of those who that are thankful Bless whatever they may be, those who are thankful when they are given, patient when they are tested, those who ask for forgiveness when they make sins, and because verily these three things, then they are signs of happiness. Hada fa naktafi bihad al qadr. Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. وجزاكم الله خيرا